I'm Vince. I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Well, hello there, sir. How are you doing today, Travis? Well, Vince Venturello, I'm doing fine. Oh, wow. You're like, uh, you're like a sweet 70s DJ today. Yeah. Travis is super sounds of the 79s. Exactly. So, uh, do you re- do you know what our topic is today that we randomly generated, Trev? Sort of. Um, like, so, yeah, we roll, as always. And I, I think I say that at the beginning of uh, every episode so far. We well, roll every episode randomly someone's on the table. first episode. Yeah, so. It is. It's possibly someone's first episode. Num- our listener number four might be here today. Welcome, listening listener to number this four. Topic. Yeah, we're, Welcome, we're... listener number four. I am Travis. The other guy is my friend Vince, and we do this podcast, and we just talk about stuff that's cool and RPG-ish and game-ish otherwise and stuff. Yeah, there you go. Well, I feel like that person is going to be well-suited now to listen to the rest of this. Yeah. And and today, we randomly generated the uh, the old-school renaissance. Yeah? So, OSR. Oh, right. So, I kind of know what this is. Um and I have some feelings on it, but why don't you explain it to me and the listeners again, just to make sure I have the topic correct, so I don't talk about something completely different, um, and so that people know what we're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I guess think... not everybody might everybody might not know what this old school Renaissance thing is. Oh, I'm quite sure that's the case. So I saw a report somewhere that something like 2.1 percent of RPG related searches were were OSR searches. Which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting, but that's you know that's a relatively small niche of the community. But that being said, I think it's a rather potent niche of the community. So exactly, it's OSR, uh, the old school renaissance, and it came about because of the same thing really that generated most big movements in sort of the D and D esque space uh, over the last ten years, which was. Uh, the OGL, the open game license that existed under third edition, right? So yeah, the OGL was originally designed to make sure that basically third edition D&D and, and the rules of it would sort of be permagreen, right? They would always be valid. The, the, the contract that made all of the rules open game could never be invalidated. Like once they published the first one, it's good forever. You- right. And so this was, this was hugely impactful for design designers that were not directly involved with Wizards of the Coast or their their sub-companies, right? Correct, exactly. And I'm sure we'll do a whole, in fact, I know we have a whole episode somewhere in the list about the open game license and its impact. But anyways, the point is somewhere down the line, somebody realized that the nature of the OGL was that basically you could use it to get at all of the rules of D&D, uh, even if you weren't actually doing third edition. So by that, I mean, you could twist sort of the rules around and rewrite part of them or whatever to make the game feel more like say second edition or first edition or whatever and that would still be under the OGL so you could do so cleanly and without fear of legal Okay so this was like yeah it was so it was legally legit and it was just kind of mutating what was given into whatever you want right exactly so then the old school renaissance was born and the, two, the two, I think the two big like most well known sort of people playing in this space, at least by my estimation, 
are uh, Castles and Crusades, who we've mentioned before on this podcast. Uh, and Yeah, because for their excellent artwork. Their excellent artwork, yes. They have super high-quality books. And uh, Osric, which is sort of a more stripped-down version, um, as you can kind of tell from the name. And I, I like their naming structure, just using uh, an anagram to be the name of their game. Mm -hmm. That's, well, uh, okay. Well, I have a question real quick just to clarify. What separates these two things and other things like them from other, you know, 3.0, 3.5 offshoots that were written by non-Wizards of the Coast developers? Right, right. Okay, that's a great question. So <clears throat> the short answer is they are meant to mimic the experience, and that's very important, the experience of first edition D&D &D or, or, or OD&D, right? Something early. Like, generally what they're aiming at is something, let's say, pre-83. Okay. okay, yeah. So it's a, it, it's, it's a, a feeling and an experience and, a, and a, just a, a general sort of landscape to play in that's, that yes. feels old school. Right. I mean, that's what I, that's what I take from it and what I, from what I've read. That's correct. And and let me give you a very easy example. You ready? I can make yeah, this hit very me. real throw, for throw you it at and us. our throw, listeners. Let our let yeah, let let's 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 listen in, guys. What what Vince has got to say. Oh, here we go. Very important. All right. Everybody's on pins and needles. Um, okay. So for example, if you look in one of these books, what you would see is not the race halfling, and then you apply a class to that halfling, as as we have come to know from later editions of D D. Right? Yeah, pick a race, pick a class. That's yeah, that's what most people are used to. A standard setup. Instead, we have the old school take of a race, the the demi-human races as they were called at that time, right? So elves, dwarves, and halflings, really being the and then slightly after that, gnomes, uh, were effectively had their own class baked into them. Right. So instead of uh, a player character class, it was a racial character class. Correct. So the the for example, the halflings were basically thieves. You didn't pick a separate class. They got abilities built into the race. When you played halfling, they have a level chart or whatever, you know, and they like you level as a halfling. You gain abilities right. as but a halfling. But you don't get to like pick mage or fighter or anything else. You're halfling Correct. plus the abilities that you have for halfling, which are thief like abilities, roguish abilities. Correct. Yep. And mm -hmm. only humans really pick like a class in the traditional sense of the thing. Uh, and it's so, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So an old school feel. Uh, yes. I, I mean, I would probably, I would probably, you know, say that like artwork has a lot to do with it. You know, the, the feel of the artwork, things like that. Whatever. There's a lot of stuff that goes to it. I think, I think we get the general gist of what you're saying, though, right? Yes. Everybody should hopefully be on the page now and understand sort of what this yeah. thing is. So I've got a lot of, I got a lot of feelings about this. So, well, well, hit me, man. I've been rambling for a while. What, what do you yeah. got? Um, I mean, like, okay, how do I feel about it? And this is most of this is just going to be things, th things about how I feel about it. Obviously, it's not going to be speaking for everyone. Um, like, I have really fond memories of old school gaming, you know. And I was, uh, you know, I was involved in in those kind of games specifically when I was really young, um, even before I met you. <laughs> so that was forever ago. And but I, okay, I've always had a curiosity for new game experiences and new systems and things like that. Um, so, like through the years, I have not necessarily had a lot of groups that were interested in experimenting with new games and systems. But the point is really that I haven't like I haven't looked much into these throwback games since I almost I, to, to to this day. I my eyes are almost always looking forward instead of backwards, right? 
Right. So I blame part of that on my interest in designing new games because and 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 I I've experienced or at least read and comprehended a, a, like just this vast swath of game rules of varying degrees and ages and the annals of what the the history of gaming. Um, I tend to look for rules and like new ways to deploy them instead of like stepping back in time to bask in the the joy of old school gaming like it used to be, right? Sure. Because I now, gamed back then, but I'm not trying to get back to that. Right. Now, real quick, to be fair, they do, to their credit, they don't just like exactly remake the old right. game, right? They do incorporate some learning and rules changes and sort of um, what I would call the... They're the, trying to take the best of yes. what what's new and fit it into the old school feel, I'm assuming, yeah? Correct, exactly. One of the things I always go on about, and I, I think a lot of people don't think of it like this, but to me it is really a thing. Um, they're trying to incorporate a lot of the technology of game design. I think people yeah. don't often think of it as technology, but to me it absolutely is. It advances just like anything else, like the smartphone in your pocket or anything else, right? New techniques, new ways of putting things together, of designing, of using incentives, psychology, economics, all these sorts of things are discovered. And then they get integrated into the sort of, you know, the the lexicon of what's out there and, and available to people, yeah. right? And I wasn't, you know, I'm not trying to, not trying to say that that's not what they're doing. I'm, I'm just, I'm just talking purely from my experience here, right? Right. And I love the, I love the idea of old school games. I love it. Like it brings back lots of memories the same way, like a familiar smell can bring back memories of things you experienced a long time ago, time ago, right? Like smells of the, in the kitchen of your, your, your grandma cooking or something like that. Right. Absolutely. Um, and like I think of you know whenever I think old school I think like you know the black and white art that was usually really good and ha um, had this unpolished like grittiness to it you know what I mean yep. Yep. not 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 unlike like what you'd find on old sci-fi fantasy short story pulp magazines right it's got like, yes. that kind of grittiness to it absolutely um and that's old school and that's that's a lot of what you see in these these what uh, OSR you know stuff right old school Renaissance games you'll see yep. that stuff which is awesome um I also think about like lots of crunchy little rule sets that that weren't like well-oiled machines but in, in, they were like um they're more like like uh like like one-off experiences built to <laughs> built built in to decide like the the many life and death situations that come up you know what i mean right it wasn't so, about having one big coherent set of like master rule to guide them yeah all. it was just kind of like well here's a thing okay how do we resolve that thing all right we write some rules for that right okay here's another yeah. thing how do we write some rules for that? And then you kind of, and, and so on and so forth. And everything's kind of taken individually, right? Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that's a bad, that was, that felt interesting and new every time you ran into one of those new situations, right? Because you're, right. you're exploring a new rule system, a new rule set, whatever, within the rule system you're playing. So that, that, that comes to mind. It's cool. Um, that, that's still somewhat present in these things too. Like, like they, they try to capture some of that. Yes. Um, and, you know, and, and back in those days when I when I when I was playing, like adventures still felt really deadly and scary to me, right? And like I felt like every corner of every dungeon had some new horrible death in store for me, right? Which that kind it of probably stuff. did. Yeah. And so all those things are like great memories. Just just really great. But for me, they're more like um okay, so it's like 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 we you know, in in America we have lots of local fairs, right? Okay, sure. And these fairs often have these really old school bands, right? 
They yes. come in, and they used to be like chart-topping powerhouses of music, right? Sure, like you're, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna go see Nazareth. At, yeah, 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 yeah. And and they used to like they just continued to tour for like decades and decades, way past their prime, right? Yep. Um. So so when like Creedence Clearwater Revival or Revisited or whatever the hell they're calling themselves now shows up to perform like the greatest greatest hits album after the Cow and Pig competition. It's like that. I st- like when I when I'm, when I'm looking at these games. It's like that. I still love the music. It it brings back some feelings in me. But I've heard it a thousand times on the radio, and it was better when they did it in the studio. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I would say it can sometimes be a little like like uh, a, a cartoon show you watched when you were a kid, right? Like yeah. He Man. He Man was like awesome. the Best cartoon yes. in the world. But if you go back and watch it now, you're like, oh boy, it's that so bad. Doesn't hold up. Yeah, and, and 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 that's not me trashing on OSR because I think there is, and and maybe that's an interesting pivot because I think the question is, why do a certain subset of players want to go back to that experience? Right. I mean, it's uh, that's obvious though. I mean, that's it's just people are seeking that nostalgia high, you know. Gotcha. And and I, do you think that's really what it is? Like, it's not. There's something about the sort of psychographic profile that those games Perhaps, suit because yeah i mean it's it's possible um because uh, like you know newer systems are, are always are, are often i shouldn't never say always it's uh, they're often in in from what i've been researching recently um they're they're more streamlined um you know they're more they they feel more inviting from front to back to new players right um the older systems tended to be much more complicated um, making them basically poor choices for brand new players, right? Right. And and GMs um, compared to what we have now because they're way more obtuse. Um, I mean, uh, I I don't know. I I think I think they're really just seeking that that nostalgia high. I I believe there is there is value in what those games held. You know the the like I said that like like what we talked about the just barely talked about the um the different little systems like the subsystems involved in a lot of those older games groups yep. you know D&D first edition whatever um they were just full of those things um so that that's valuable in itself because it shows that you can deploy this 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 huge variety of rule sets right um and still have a cohesive game at the end so that's still useful as a designer and interesting as a designer and maybe Maybe those those that those niche things you know bring people in. I, I think. What do you I, think? Okay, so I think you're right. I think to some degree, it's a lot of nostalgia. It's it's how you met the thing, right? So I would almost pin it on like anchoring, right? So the concept of economic anchoring. That is to say, the your first experience with something anchors all of your experiences with that thing, right? And so, so you're saying it has some sort of influence on everything you do after that point. Correct. You kind of see that as I don't. I, I'll, I'll say the correct way. That's not. I don't mean it that harsh. You, it doesn't mean like you can't. So, for example, let's let's talk about it like this. Um, with the first time you see something priced a certain way, that sets what you see as the worthwhile, the the, the appropriate price for everything. So, if like your first car you bought for say twenty thousand dollars, okay, like when you're sixteen, you somehow had twenty thousand dollars and went and bought a car, and to you, that's you know, you know that there are cars that cost more and cars that cost less. You're not blind to the to the world. It's just that to you, that's normal, right? You've set your normal at that mark, okay. 
Whereas if the first car you caught bought was some jalopy that's super cheap, you under you you have a different anchor, a different okay. set of experiences. I think for a lot of these people, that is the case. Like these older games consist of how they anchored to this sort of like D and D fantasy world, and it's through that lens that they okay, see so it. Yeah. So you're saying that they they they're looking at it as it's like treading an already walked path. And it's it's and 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 you're if you're if you're walking on a path as opposed to through the rough, it's going to be a much more comfortable experience. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's deeper than nostalgia, right? Because nostalgia is and that's what I mean. Nostalgia is fleeting, right? You you're nostalgic for like for the original ghost or for the original Thundercat show. You go back and watch it, and you're like, yeah, it's it's not as good as it was in my head, right? Um, that's nostalgia, or or like. I loved the feeling that thing gave me. I think this is deeper, okay? I think this is they really do like that experience, right? The the, the well, thing that that offers really is the way that they see sort of the 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 world and the game world and the way that they want the game to play. I would say that's at least partially true. Sort of the correct one to me, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think that's that's at least at, at minimum that's partially true. Okay, um, and 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 like just just off the top of my head, I can point out like a thing. I can point out a thing that, to me, would 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 bring me back towards those those older games, those those original those OS OSR style games, right? Okay. Um. So like I would say, the the um. Reliance on theater of the mind was much higher. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. And to yes. me, it was so which which means you don't necessarily have like a battle mat with with you know inch squares that you put miniatures on to move around in in exact every round an exact number of squares how how many you can move things like that. Um, you didn't necessarily have that in base role playing games. I'm not talking about like fringe stuff like like war gaming and things like that. I'm just talking about role playing games in specific. Um, a lot of games were theater of the mind where you maybe have like a piece of paper and you would draw about where people were or right. throw some pennies on the table and those are markers for where we were, whatever. Things like that. You would use you would use your imagination to to decide where things were, how things interacted and so forth, as opposed to the more board gamey aspects of more recent uh, uh iterations of our, our favorite games, you know? Right, absolutely. Um I, I would agree with that. I would also say there was probably sort of less expectation from the players of like having things automatically granted to them as they advance through the game by that. And so, so I like mean, the, the, like the adherence to the magic item rules in fourth edition, where you need right. magic items to be on par with your level or whatever. Right. Yep. So you were forced into having magical items. Like they had to have them. Whereas magical items in second edition, first edition D and D you, it was, it was not like that at all. Like you could run, you could run a game and not get a magical item until you're level 17. You know what I mean? From one to 17, not a single item. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And it it's, wouldn't impact the game in such a way that made it unplayable. Absolutely. I think it's also, I think there's also an element of like, uh, what do I want to say? Like you keep what you kill more expectation, right? That, that you really have to, that this entire world is going to be consist of what you earned. Does that make sense? Like a high focus on like, if you want a thing, you've got to go get a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You don't just there's. Yeah. You quest for an item. You don't go to a shop to buy a magic item. You know, yes. that's just that's kind of that's that's less interesting. It's it's uh, it's it's more like being handed something as opposed to earning something, which right. which which is great, both in character because it creates better stories and out of character because you get, it gives you a, a sense of accomplishment once you actually achieve something. Right. And though you can do that in. In any edition of D and D, right? You can, you can, you can strip the rules away. Yeah, you can yeah. fix it. It's easier when the rules are built around that concept, right? And so that's right. kind of the thing. There is like, it's it's built with that assumption in mind, so hence it's easier to just play it. So for players that like that feeling, that aspect, those certain assumptions about the game world and how it operates, I think that's also what attracts them to to that to the old school Renaissance stuff, right? Um, the game is basically set up from the base to play according to their expectations, right? Does that make sense? Yes, and I, and I agree with all of your, all your points. Um, and and what I said earlier was was again just my personal experience. Sure, so sure. all of those things taken into account, it it makes that that time like not not OSR, but the the, the actual time that OSR is pull, drawing from, right? Yep. In gaming, important to me as a designer because that gives me gives gives me insights into what 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 will work if I if I choose to build it into a, a game I make now, right? Oh, so absolutely. That's important to me. Um, but the rest of the stuff that comes with it, um, like the adherence to you know highly first edition feeling things, like the way encounters work and the way adventures are set up and uh, the way level leveling works and things like that, all of that is unnecessary things to me as a designer i don't need that anymore that's been around forever it hasn't really gone away it's just mutated uh, agreed so i think that the the important lesson here especially for a designer who wants to work in this sort of space right this old school space is one you got to know your audience why are they why are they seeking out this experience two what's the essential elements of that experience in other words what can you afford to cut right to get rid of to not have in the experience and what mm-hmm. is essential, right? What is going to make somebody just reject it? And, and I think that there's a strong, I, I really think there's actually a quite strong sort of potential here that I'm not sure I've really seen for sort of a, a kind of fusion, a hybrid type of experience, right? Where where the, the core assumptions of the game run in the way we've talked about, right? Like that is to yes. say, yeah. um, you, you, you keep what you kill, you earn these things, you... You know, the the rules are very light, lots of subsystem stuff like that. But at the same time, it's not at all based on first edition D&D, right? Like, it's just... Right. It's a completely different animal than from that point on. So it plays and feels like that, but doesn't necessarily try to also mimic those other... What I'll call, like, the... I guess the concrete... Uh, artifacts of the experience, right? Like mm-hmm. having a halfling act exactly like a halfling did then. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, and this is, again, not to not to, to say anything bad about these OSR games that we no, brought up in the beginning, because they were, they're excellent games. They're freaking cool. Yes. Um, and they will provide you with fun. Like, I guarantee it. If, uh, especially if you've not had, like, a real D&D experience before. So even if you've not played any of the new editions of D&D, maybe you've only played things, things like uh, White Wolf games in your, in your gaming history, then I, I would totally suggest going out and picking up one of these OSR-style games because it's a worthwhile experience um, as a player, as a GM, even as a designer. 
um, especially as a designer, because it, it will give you some insights. So, uh, I, I completely agree. The reality is, you. So one of the things I think that's often overlooked or, or not thought about as much as, as for for game designers is just how many games you need to play. Uh, to me, knowing the history of you know if you're going to design D ish games or something and i don't mean that in a negative way i just mean like if you're going to play around in the fantasy space right where you're doing anything related to what was traditionally the territory that D burned right yep. then it's very important that you know the history of that thing and what how it played at different times and and how it mutated and why and what players like and or don't like about those certain times because that needs to inform your design, right? Uh, it, it's yes. Now, in, in uh, for fiction writers and and uh, nonfiction writers, book writers gen in general, generally speaking, like one of the one of the standard rules is that if you want to write, you should read a lot. Okay, exactly. Like that's yep. a that's a thing. If you want to write, read a lot, so you know what writing is. So you, yep. so you, you you've seen examples of it. This is like that. Because you still you, you should be reading lots of games if you're a designer. You should be reading as many games as you can get your hands on. And you should be trying to playtest them as well. Okay, so it's like taking it to the next level. So because it's harder. It's a, it's definitely a a different skill and different skill set than just just novel writing. So it's like that, but enhanced. So take take that as you will. I, I think it's good advice still. I completely agree. And and to me, the old school renaissance, what it shows and and it's it's value as a player is that you get to go back and experience a different set of assumptions and play a game that although is still reminiscent of a game you you probably know well it has a completely different real experience on the table and and in the way your character interacts with the world and i think that's fascinating to experience as a designer it's important because you need to know how these various things interacted why did they change what did people not get out of them that we moved on to other things and if i want to design in that way how can i how can i harvest the best stuff right yeah. and, and leave behind the bad stuff what's interesting is that i i i fully believe that there are still uh incredible interesting artifacts of gameplay um that have likely been lost in these older games that you can dig up, you can you can you can be, you you can be the better than Indiana Jones guy in designing games. If you're if you're looking into all of this history of games and the different the different iterations of games, like multiple edition games, things like that, you can harvest gems of of, of magical power to add to your games later on. Trust to me, you can. Totally agree. This is not that this well. We have not reached the bottom on it yet. There's a lot of good ideas from these this old stuff that 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 could still be picked out and deployed in new and interesting ways. Right, and which is exactly what these OSR game games and their their respective designers um, have really tried to hone in on, which is excellent. Yep, I agree. So, I, Vince, I think we covered that really well. What do you think? I think so, man. Uh, go out, check out Castles and Crusades, check out Osric, check out the old school Renaissance, and, and give it a chance. Check out lots of old games. Um, That's right. So. So that's the OSR stuff uh, on design. On design. See you later, everybody.